Hello, and welcome to the Review Squared. It is a Friday night once again when we're recording this as we normally do. So glad and thankful to have you continuing to listen to us through everything. Anyways, I'm Gideon Kariuki. I'm Alejandro de la Cedra. And I'm Haley Smilo. And have we got a show for you this week? Unfortunately, we are missing Ethan and John this week. We do miss them dearly and hope to have them back. Cool stuff. Let's get right into the heat of it. So this week for me, it's a coronavirus bulletin for the second week in a row, but on the better side of the virus news. Of course, the good news about COVID right now it's not about the disease progression. I, I regret to inform you, it's not doing too hot um, for everyone. It's about the vaccine. So Pfizer and Mardana, two large American pharmaceutical companies have had results from the uh, human, the phase three human trials. And so let's talk a bit about Pfizer's first because they came out with theirs about two weeks ago so Pfizer and a German biotech company called BioNTech, they had early returns from a human trial of a coronavirus vaccine that they said was 80, actually, sorry, over 90% effective. The number, the actual number just came in this week. The number is 95% effective, which is, as many experts are very shocked that it's that effective. I think for comparison, the flu vaccine is far, far less than 90% effective. So the really good results. And that was the first one from a few weeks ago. And this, I should note, was only the limited info that they've released publicly so far that has not been uh, reviewed by experts outside of those Pfizer contacted. So no serious complications came up in the trials. There, is a huge warning that there's no long-term safety data yet. That's a matter of time, unfortunately. And this was one, at the time it came out, was one of 11 that made it to the late stage trials uh, by that point and earlier in the month. So both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine, I'm just gonna explain the science about them before I talk about Moderna. It uses messenger RNA and injects it into muscle cells to give instructions for making proteins that activate the immune system against the coronavirus. So this mRNA has never been approved for a human medical use and would have to be kept at really cold temperatures to avoid degradation. If I am pulling up the figure correctly, it is negative 94 degrees Celsius. I no, Fahrenheit, my apologies. I am pulling up the note. Yes, it's negative 90. Wait. Yes, having a fun one on the show tonight. We'll, we'll come back to that number in a second. <laughs> However, there's also the Moderna vaccine from a, that came out this week uh, of the recording. And their numbers are 94% effective. So yeah, 94.5% effective in, in early trials in the human trial phase. So it joins Pfizer, which is, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, more difficult to distribute. Oh, never mind. My apologies. I had it written down here. Correction to my previous statement. The 
yeah, the Pfizer vaccine has to be kept about negative 100 degrees Fahrenheit uh, to remain effective. Um, the Moderna vaccine only has to be kept at about negative four degrees Fahrenheit to remain effective. And it can stay at about 30 days at refrigerator temperature. Um, Gideon's having a little bit of a technical difficulty, but obviously very good news that both uh, Moderna and Pfizer seem to have be coming out with some very effective vaccines so far. Um, I think I can only speak for myself, but I'm definitely anxiously awaiting a vaccine just so, you know, I can go back into the world, you know, at least safely. For sure, agreed. And I think it's a good thing that we are coming out with vaccines. Gideon, I think, is back now. I will let him continue with his Yes, I was virtually done and uh, do not know what's happening tonight with the interwebs, but such is life at times. Uh, yes, all I wanted to say is that there is a real race to get the vaccine out. These are two, the two that have made it. And actually, Pfizer is actually asking now for emergency use authorization, and they say they plan on applying for it within the week. So it could be rolling out to limited groups, which will be first responders and such, before the end of this year. Uh, yes, there is finally uh, somewhat of a silver lining coming. So that's all I have to say. Uh, what did I miss? <laughs> we basically just agreed that it's a, it's a good thing that we're finally coming upon vaccines. Just to touch on this as someone who kind of likes science to an extent, in 2020, according to the CDC, 52% of flu vaccines were actually effective. So if it really is 95%, 94%, that would be great. I would, vaccines are, you know, helpful, proven to help. They work to an extent. Yes, there are skeptics about the flu vaccine. I'm sure there are going to be skeptics about the COVID vaccine until it's fully proven to work. Yeah, most people probably aren't going to get the shot. That's probably a safer option. But the fact that we can finally maybe see a light at the end of the tunnel is very exciting. The fact that COVID burnout could be coming to an end sometime within the next couple of months, even maybe the end of the year, very exciting, very good news to hear about. And I do hope first responders can get this vaccine and it works for them because I know that would take a lot of stress off of lots of people in the medical field and the last thing they need right now is more stress. Yes, and also, uh, Gideon, do you mind, which one was, uh, was partially funded by Dolly Parton? I just want to point that out. Yes, I forgot to mention that. Um, uh, this is what I get for not writing things down. Um, that was the Moderna vaccine. So she gave a donation to the Vanderbilt University Hospital that was a part of the Moderna trial. So yes, Dolly Parton's money did go to help the clinical trials that produce the Moderna vaccine. So yes, Dolly Parton is absolutely wonderful, an American treasure, truly our unproblematic fave. Truly. I've never been to Dollyland, but that's definitely somewhere I want to go before before 
I died. That's like one place I like really want to go because I heard it's really fun. A real queen and Dolly Land is great. Highly recommend when COVID is over. Maybe we'll take a review squared or whatever we end up becoming in the future trip to Dolly Land. I would be down for it. I have never been down south, so um, it would be real nice to go to Dolly Land as one of my <laughs> first trips to that region. Yeah, so I, I agree with everyone, everything everyone's saying. I'm glad there's light at the end of the tunnel. I just wanted to share this because I think, I, as I said, prefacing my story, the fact is, yeah, things do suck. I'm not going to come here and pretend like we're not in a good place. We are not. And I, I'm going to urge people to, be, to continue up the caution. Be careful. Do like under no circumstances should you be congregating in large numbers indoors. Like that is probably a foolhardy endeavor. So just please exercise caution. Please wear your mask. I, and we'll talk a little bit about masks later. Um, there, there's a Alejandro's got thoughts on masks and more like mandates thereof. Um, <laughs> Yes. But yeah, that's what I have to say. Anyone else got anything else to say? Anything related to this? I think that pretty much concludes it. Wear, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay inside if you can. Yeah. And remember, folks, this isn't indefinite. There is a silver lining. Like in the next year, like in the next year, most probably we might see the light at the end of the tunnel. We might be living in the light at the end of the tunnel in a year. So just hold on. Everyone listening, we can do this. We can hold on and not be reckless. Also, if you're an ASU student, please take advantage of the free testing. That's something that a lot of people don't have easy access to. But if you're at ASU, even if you're not on campus, as long as you're an ASU student and you go to campus, or the testing site at, there's one in like, uh, by Papago Park um, also, but that's a drive-through. Either way, go to those sites. If you're an ASU student, it's completely free. Take advantage of that. I guess, yes, that's all everyone has to say for this. Thank you so much. Hopefully my internet you, will work, continue working and I'll pass it off to Alan. Any sliver of good news is like appreciated because- Thank you, Gideon. Appreciate that update um, because truly the world any sliver is, of good news it's is just like, like the dog on fire meme in the room saying this um, is fine. And the world actually is, didn't mean this just like the dog on the well, but that meme saying this of the dog fine. sitting in the room and on fire saying this is fine. Actually, it is actually kind of, transition kind of a well, lot. but that meme some very similar to how in the room the on fire saying this has decided to respond to it's actually kind of so a lot, just to give you an update, some, on some very members, similar to how this is from Ducey has decided to respond to COVID in Arizona. Today, they were just to give Arizona Department of Health Services reported 400 and 471 cases and 43 deaths. And this um, is um, this is a direct quote. Quote, new cases have eclipsed 1,000 for 18 of the past 21 days, with 11 of those days seeing more than 2,000 new cases for the first time 
since the state's summer surge. Mm -hmm. Friday marked the sixth time the state had reported more than 3,000 new cases in a day since late July, and the eighth time the state had reported more than 4,000 new cases in a day since the pandemic began. Six days in late June, June early, early July, July, plus Thursday, Thursday and Friday. Friday. And, and basically, basically WC WC addressed, addressed the state earlier, earlier, this, earlier week. this week. But since, but since then, then, he had, he had not, not addressed, addressed the state since October 2029. That's a long time to be away. away. And especially, and especially as, as numbers, numbers are increasing, it just, it just made, made me question, like, question what, are like, what are the priorities of, of our governor? Like, our governor? Like, he literally, he literally had time, had time to, go to go on an anniversary, an anniversary trip, trip on the state of his wife. Like, I get like, it. I get you it. Know, you know, that's a big milestone. A big milestone but, but they're just, they're just, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, sometimes, but you sometimes you just gotta take, take the, people the people that you serve, that you serve, that you govern, like, literally, like, they need to take priority over certain things in your life, in my opinion. The only things that he really did, and this is really did, and this is from ABC was announce emergency measures. Was announced emergency measures. Should you quote this? The governor did, however, require all schools to implement mass policies on school buses and grounds. Task Dr. Chris to work with Arizona's three main airports, Arizona's three main airports, and Gateway and Tucson Board National, to offer on-site COVID-19 testing allocated a $25 million to offer on-site hospital to to boosting allocated support staffing and extended an executive order for enhanced surveillance and extended an executive order for enhanced surveillance for COVID-19 vaccinations. So, I mean, so, I wouldn't say there's necessarily I mean, any harm with those I things, say, but there's necessarily you know, any schools harm with them, should already be but, you know, schools are already, should already telling be telling them that they, you know, have telling them have that they mass policies is not have to solve have it. mass policies is not going to the school may or may not actually enforce the school may or may not actually enforce that mass policy. testing at these cool airports testing in the future airports if it's in the not future, required but if it's not required well, well, what, what is, is really the effectiveness of this, this? And, and you know, cool that cool we're, that giving, we're giving money to hospital, money to hospital. It feels like, it feels at, like this point, at this point we've already, we've already had so many announcements, announcements about funding to hospitals and other places and it doesn't seem to have an impact to say that hospital I'm not, I'm not saying, saying that the hospitals, hospitals are misusing their resources, but it just seems clear at this point, point that, that you know, know just, just throwing, throwing money at the issue is not going to solve it because we've thrown money, thrown money at at ten different ten different, thousand, thousand, thousand thousand different things. things. Obviously, obviously, I'm exaggerating. exaggerating. You know, you know. And then yesterday, and then yesterday, WC WC tweeted that the state of Arizona is beginning to award award dollars in federal dollars in dollars school districts and charter districts. School districts and charter districts. And schools can use how and schools can use how use that money however they want. My only question is why is it My only question is why is it just and more importantly, you know, this just and more importantly, is you know, this like just a painful reminder at just like a painful reminder at just the inaction of he will not enforce, you know, he will not enforce mandate, statewide and I just I keep and it's just so frustrating, you know, more and more frustrating, you know, more and more people get to people continue to die and he refuses to die and he refuses at least in my view, and it's just at least in my view, it's 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 maddening because it's it's maddening because. You know, he had time to be on the phone with Lindsey Graham, Senator from South Carolina, to talk about the election. Um, but, you know, you know he, doesn't, he doesn't, he can't make a mass mandate. But he can, you know, make a call with Lindsey Graham for whatever reason. Lindsey Graham has nothing to do with the state. Like, like, you know, like, really, like, just, you know, I'm not, I'm not the only Arizona that's really, really bringing up these issues. And it's, it's just, just extremely frustrating, frustrating because I feel like time and time, time, time again throughout this pandemic, the DCA administration, which is, is, is like, I mean, I guess people usually talk about administrations in terms of presidencies, but 
um, um, the Ducey just, just, just I just, I, just, I, I really, really can't remember because, because if people are suffering, people like, are suffering, people like people are just, are just, you know, they're not, you know, they're not doing good right now, especially here in Arizona. And I just, and I just really, 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 really hope that one day, one day, I mean, I'm actually being, I mean, I'm actually being a lot more optimistic than I planned on being, but at this point, at this point, I'm just not sure what they're going to make a change, to make a change. One of his constituents, I am like one of sufficient constituents. I am like like sufficiently tired with with like the actions that he's taken, or the lack of the actions that he's taken, or the lack. I mean, just I saw news twelve. Just I saw Maricopa County. Um, they're expecting nearly eight hundred youth sports teams. They're expecting nearly eight hundred youth sports teams to the valley this weekend. To the valley this week. Eight hundred youth sports. Eight hundred youth sports teams this weekend. Like, like. It's, it's really mind boggling. Like, like, does the government not see anything wrong with that? With that, like these are like, kids. These are kids. Like, these are literal. Like, these are literal kids. kids. But you know. But you know. Guess. Guess. Ugh. I was much more. I was much more. Much more. Much more. Argument. Argument. Earlier, earlier when I was earlier when I was telling my frustration. My frustration. Let's. Let's. You know. Doug Ducey. Doug Ducey. Do better. Moving on from moving on from the let's get into Joe Biden. Earlier today, Earlier Joe Biden today, tweeted. Joe Biden tweeted. This is the tweet. this is the tweet. Quote, Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Because President because Trump, President Trump is delaying the transition, the transition. The transition. We have to fund it ourselves. We have to fund it ourselves and need your help. If we're able to, if we're able to, to chip fund into the Biden fund the Biden Harris transition. To which I say, no, no, because why is it the American people's job to help fund the Biden Harris transition? I get it. Like Trump is conceding, and the people. Are supposed to help. We're supposed to help a transition or a transition or right now. Right now. Like, it should like, never, it should never, ever fall on the American people to, to help or fundraise, fundraise and transition in any way. You're literally going to be the next president. You're literally going to be the next president. You're a former vice president. You know how transition works. Like, there's no reason you should be asking. There's no reason you should be asking the American people. Like, we're literally in a pandemic. We're literally in a pandemic. People are losing jobs. You see these huge, you see these huge videos, huge videos. You see these videos. You see these videos of these lines for food banks. People are clearly struggling. At like. And my, like, I don't see health funding the Biden Harris transition. Like, I don't see health funding the Biden Harris transition to care the top family. people's priority. Right we now. should not. Like, people are trying should, to care their family. As if you next president, should not, should not be worrying should, about. As if you next president, you should not be worrying about us like, funding your transition. I don't have the salary numbers for vice presidents. I don't have the salary numbers for vice presidents. I don't think that Joe Biden is hurting. I don't think that Joe Biden is hurting for money. And it just, it just mind boggling to me that. You know, Joe Biden's basically and crowdfunding. It, you know, the transition. Joe Biden basically crowdfunding. I just the transition into the White House. I just think I, it shows just like how broken. I just think it shows just like how broken. I mean, our democracy is like broken in so many ways. Man, for a while, it's like, while, it's like, like if you're if you're allowing people like people for to get to the White House to get to the White House, that's so low. That's so low. And to me, it's just like to me, it's just like read the room. Oh man, and it just leads to kind of a larger Democratic Party where. You know, you know, we, we see GOP, GOP officials, officials not complying, not complying with, with the election, the election results, results. You know, and, com- you know, you know, combating and combating and like recount the votes. Need to make sure every to make sure every legal vote is counted. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! If you're voting, if you're voting, it's. I don't. I don't. I have to shift my words. I have to shift my words carefully here because I'm a journalist. I'm a journalist. But, but there's no there's major no evidence, major evidence of, of what is isn't. There just isn't. Like, there just isn't at all. There just isn't at all. 
and and so it seems like the Democratic Party. So just like, it seems like the Democratic Party just saying we need to compromise. We need to break bread with these people. Like we need to break bread with these people. Like we need to like understand them. Clearly, and it's like your it's like clearly your GOP are not for the most part not for the most part you know at all you know at all going part of this transition as they should transition as they should they're refusing to accept the results. So why is the Democratic Party just sitting on their butts and being like? Well, it's not fair. Probably just it's not fair. Well, it's not fair. This. Like, it's this, not fair. This is horrible. This. Like, this, something this has to be done about this. Something has to be done about this. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. The you're the one that can do something about it. Like, like, keep, stop, stop whining, whining about, about them, them doing, doing them doing this or them doing that. Nah. Stop complaining and actually do something. Like it seems like it's giving Democratic Party all the solutions, and they're just not Democratic Party all the solutions. You know, like not taking any of them. Biden, you know, like the Biden and not bragging. Biden basically touted. That a reason that they want because not black, indigenous, he basically touted voters. That a reason that they want minority voters were the, the reason that helped help them, them pull them over the, the top. top. And so, so you, you say, say all this, but then, like, when you actually, actually it's, it's it's like we voted for you, so you know, you know do some do something for us. For us. It's like the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party continue relying on continue relying on minority voters. Because eventually, because eventually, it's like the Democratic Party is going to is going to run out of out of excuses to why to why they can't do anything or why they don't want to why they want to do it. And it's just like and it's just like eventually, eventually, in my opinion, you're you're going to lose your base. You're going to lose the people because you're consistently not showing up. And to me, like and to me, like there's just like another case of the Democratic Party not showing up for the people that people vote for them. Like there's no reason. All, all the people, people should have to, to donate, donate to buy hair and that's my story. story. Um, and all and then this saying, there's, there's absolutely, absolutely no reason why people, people should be suffering, suffing right, right, now. right now. Like, like no, no reason, reason at all. That's that's, that's my story. story. So I'm gonna work backwards because there was a lot, was a lot to dissect there. I'm going to start with, with the, the GOP, GOP slash democratic, democratic relationships and basically, basically how, how insert explicit, explicit word, word here, here our, our government, government is. is. Yes, to, to have a working democracy, there needs to be two sides. I understand that. Maybe even more, there needs to be some sort of deal and passage. I understand that Congress has to approve things. Different people have to approve different things. You want action. You have to do something about that. You can't just expect things to pop up out of nowhere and happen all of a sudden. Let's talk about younger people fighting out in the street, protesting every day for Black Lives Matter about school shootings, about all sorts of different things. Why is it, yes, people always should be protesting for what they believe in, but we've elected officials who are supposed to represent us and what we want and the changes we want to see, and to constantly not have change, not have things be better for future generations as a young American, that's disappointing. And it's disencouraging and only turns people away from the democratic process. To go to Joe Biden for a minute, he got the most voter turnout in American history. People voted for you in ginormous numbers. People supported you. People gave you money to help run your campaign. As Alejandro said earlier, people don't have the money right now. 
to, to be given to, to get you to transition to the White House? Why is that the American people's responsibility? They voted you into office. It's your job to get yourself there now that you have been voted into office. That, 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 that's, that's not, not our, our job as American citizens. That, that responsibility falls on you, that your vice president, that, and maybe the Democratic you, Party, but it does not vice fall on the people. The no, going to D.C. and local government. Government starts from the top. We we need more action from everyone. We mass shouldn't be a question at this question point. Like, where a mask? Like, where a mask? It's, it's proven to work. The fact that the fact he's that saying, oh, I'm mandating masks oh, in schools. Mass in schools. Okay. okay, okay. Great. Great. Good. Mandate them everywhere. Mandate them everywhere. Make them necessary at home. Make them necessary at home. Make them necessary down the street. At the circle K down the street. Everyone in public should be wearing a mask. This shouldn't be something we're debating We're in November. This has been going on for roughly a year now. Why are we still arguing about masks? I don't understand. As you know, we've listened to more than an episode of the show. We care about humans on this show. Maybe a little more than we should. Maybe a little sometimes, more than we should, but sometimes, but ultimately, we are people who care about other people. I don't think any of us want to see more people dying from COVID. And, yeah, and responsibilities, yeah, responsibilities, a 50-50 thing, it does fall on you individually. But as John was saying last time, John was saying last time the government... Responsibility matters responsibility matters to and go off on a trip or go off on a trip or protest. Yeah, I understand that you're I understand that you're tired of COVID. But the responsibility the responsibility falls on your people falls on you. And you see hasn't done that during COVID and I'm not from Arizona and I'm not from these guys have told me and these guys have told me and I've been doing that the whole time while he's doing that the whole time while he's the governor. He isn't he doing his job doing his job. As that continues to happen, he's going to lose support as he's going to lose support as he's been losing as support. As Alejandro said, Democrats are going to lose support. Are gonna lose support. Like, people like, are fed up and tired, and that's why we constantly have a broken democracy at the end of the day. Because no one's getting on any side of the coin. Yeah, it's the unvirtuous cycle, I like to call it. It's the cycle of, there's there are people. Actually, you know, I, I need, need to preface, preface what I'm going to say, say. Um, with, with, with a couple of uh, disclaimers to just make sure I don't come off saying something that I am not saying to anyone else outside of my head. I want to say, I am talking not about people who support candidate A, candidate B. I am talking about politicians, the people who actually have, who, the people who exercise the power handed to them by people. I am not talking about the people who support them. People, people support who they support, and sometimes it turns out not being very great. Um, so there are people who have been wanting to, there seems to be a whole lot of people in the political system who want to put sand into the gas tank and watch us all suffer. Either that, or we're ruled by the dumbest people alive, or the worst option, they're both dumb and evil. Um, um, so, so unfortunately, unfortunately, my opinion is, my it's, opinion is it's probably C. And yeah, I'm talking um, about the ruling class. And wait, yeah, I'm talking honestly, about the ruling class. If we were like, not, honestly, if we were and not, this is going to, this is me, this is, this me is going urging, to, this is me, Carlos and the American people. 
our listeners and the American people. It is time to tell the ruling class where they can shove it. It is time to tell the ruling class where they can shove it. Have routinely these people abused us? Routinely abused us. It's sickening. It's sickening. You can you see like actually let's talk let's talk about the juicy stuff first. Like actually let's let's talk about the juicy stuff first because it came up first. Okay. Doug, Governor Doug Ducey, okay. always a Doug, day late Governor and a dollar Doug short. Ducey, um, always a day late and a dollar short. Letting towns um, and cities institute mask mandates in July. And cities institute after, mask you know, mandates we in all July. knew that mask after you know should be we worn. all knew that mask like should he did be not worn. even allow municipalities. Like, he did not actually, no, even until allow June, municipalities. I'd like, actually, no, until like until June, my apologies. The, correct, I'd like to apologize. The, June, correct. He did not let municipalities. He did not let municipalities institute cities and towns in the state of Arizona institute June until. June. Like, I don't know what you all like, are thinking. I don't know what like, you all June are thinking. June was pretty deep into the pandemic. Like, June was pretty deep into the pandemic. It had been going on for. It had been going three on months. for. Like we had all been three months. at home for. Like we had all been three months at home for. By the time Ducey was like, three maybe, we, maybe I should mandate time masks. Ducey was like, maybe we, maybe no, no, I should not even mandate masks. masks. Maybe I should kick no, the no, can not even down to the mayor. Maybe I should kick the can down to the mayors and the counties and tell them you can Listen, mandate masks if you want. No, I get some criticisms of mask mandates. No, I get some criticisms. It's gonna cause a fight because people don't want to wear them. It's gonna cause a fight because people don't want to wear them in some areas and all. I'm gonna come out and say, fight them. I'm gonna come out no, and say no. It. It's honestly, it's like if you want to go up here in public. No, no, it's start, honestly, it's like if you want to go up here okay. in public and start. Okay, let, let's just okay. use an illusion. Okay, let's let, let's just use an metaphor if you will. Let's just verbal metaphor if you will. Um, let's say I have a knife. Okay, I have a knife. I just have a pocket knife on me. People have um, pocket let's knives. Let's say I have a normal knife. thing People to have. Pocket knives. So I have a pocket normal knife thing and I go have. and I just start so swishing it around. I just start swishing it around. I'm in a crowd and I just start swishing my knife around. Listen, I'm probably Listen, on a good I'm day. I'm probably just gonna on a good day. I'm just gonna get kicked out of where I am. And that is if I don't hurt anybody. And that's being really nice. I could probably get charged. I could probably get charged doing that in a public space. Doing that in a public space. So. So it's like if you can't go around brandishing like a knife, you can't go around like someone brandishing who a knife. Trouble, like just, someone who is trouble. I don't see why you. Why the I don't see why can't you, tell you. Why the government? Well, guess what? Tell you can't be here at a grocery store. At a grocery store, you're not wearing your mask. Because you're not wearing your mask. It's. And also, it's the whole anti-mask movement. I think I have made my views very clear. I think I have made my views very clear. It is sad and evil. Incredibly sad that and evil. There are people with power that there are people with power taking horrible ideas. Such horrible ideas. I want to fully and condemn. I want to fully any, condemn any leader who dares any leader who dares advocate such recklessness. Advocate such recklessness. And I do not care where. I do not care where they come from. To address the Democratic, um, address party, the Democratic party and Joe Biden. Party and Joe um, Biden. Um, so what Joe Biden is so what did Joe there Biden is not an uncommon did there is not an that's not to defend it. That is to condemn the American um, political system. That is to condemn the American political system. So it's so, not uncommon for campaigns. It's not to have, uncommon you know, for campaigns to have you know debts and unfinished expenses. And unfinished what expenses. he is doing is fundraising for his fundraising for his campaign. And it kind of is. It kind of is. Forgive me. Sick. Sick. The way he's doing it. The way he's doing um, it. No, um, Joe Biden. No, no, Joe President-elect Joe Biden. Joe no, Biden. Absolutely not. No, President-elect Joe Biden. Not the time. No, like, absolutely not.
Yes, read Ever the room. Heard the expression "read the room" if you're listening. Yes, to read this. the room for some reason. <laughs> if you're listening to this for some reason, it's all frustrating. Is I it's could go on forever. It's is maddening. I could go on forever. It's where we are right now. That there are where we are right now. There who are doing there malice seems to be people and leading. Who are people. doing malice and leading like, people. Words matter. When like, the president goes matter. around, when the president goes around, making fun of masks. When Goins, there's many political leaders many, and many prominent people in society saying masks don't do nothing, the coronavirus isn't even real, like that has real effects. Words matter, folks. Be cautious in what you say. Be cautious in who you listen to. <sighs> One last thing before I kind uh, of like I heard it on so. Oh, Gideon's back. Sorry. I'm, I've been on the, re- we're recording two different things. I'm still here. Um, but I was saying like, no. One last thing I just want to say here uh, before I uh, stop monologuing. So yes, I heard a horrible, horrible story the other day. I was, I bumped into this when I was just doing my, you know, my normal news reading. It was a, a nurse from South Dakota who was, who had apparently gone viral on Twitter and and had been interviewed by a bunch of people on TV. And she was claiming that, you know, she had patients who were denying COVID as they were dying from it. Like, I want, like, listen, I want to make this clear right here on air. You need to check your facts. Everyone, every single one of us. This is, I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to the panel. I'm talking to anyone listening to this. Check your facts. Do not blindly listen to fools and crooks who dare lead. Because the fact is out there, there's people who are horrible, who have nefarious agendas and want, and I don't understand them. That, that, that's beyond me. I don't understand the ways of the crooked, of those that live by crookedness alone. I don't understand it. But the fact is, the fact is that there's people believing such dangerous lies as they are dying from the very disease. In short, we are a we are a sick, sick nation, and uh, COVID is COVID's only the start of the illness. Oh, we're trying to do this through technical difficulties. Um, we're doing it. I was saying that this is a very sick nation and that we that COVID is only one illness among the the disease of rapid misinformation and poor, poor leadership. Oh, I guess I'll um I'll continue that. Um this podcast anecdote. Um I brought I brought up um I'll finally say it. Um I forget which podcast it was, but Basically, I mean, there's been a lot of conversations this year about like imaginations and imagine the limits of people's imaginations to imagine a better world. And I'll admit that I've struggled with my own imagination to imagine or not to imagine to think of a of of there being a possibility of a better world. But they were saying, you know, as far as like with Democrats and Republicans, you know, and the parties, it feels like or Republicans can always kind of imagine or come up with some new thing 
and they can always do something that will appease their base and imagine something up that will get everyone riled up and like ready to like argue about policy and whatnot. But the Democrats rarely can imagine up any new policy or anything that will inspire their base. But Republicans do it all the time. Like they're always able to imagine new things and get their base hooked on it. But the Democrats are like unimaginative in pretty much every way. I think that's a really good way of talking about it. There is kind of a lack of imagination in the Democratic Party. Um, and yeah, that's not good for the fact is, is that the fact is I look at both major parties today and I see one that is turning into a personality cult and another one that has believes in absolutely nothing for the most part. And I'm sure you can guess which is which. I don't even need to say their names. So... No, in fact, to talk about the GOP becoming a personality cult. Now, now that's a strong claim. I am fully aware of how strong of a claim that is, but I don't make that lightly. Do, do, I'm not sure if anyone realizes or remembers this. The RNC this year did not issue a platform. At the national convention, no platform. It basically said whatever Trump says. Now, forgive me, doesn't that sound a little bit personality cultish? Like just a little bit? So yeah, deeply concerning, and you could see it going on with with Trump uh, trying to do uh, the uh, trying to do an anti-democratic coup. And yes, that is what I am calling it because that is functionally what he is doing um, and trying to do. He won't win, by the way. It's not happening. But the fact is that if someone can try it and potentially get away with it with our system, then there's deeper questions we need to ask about where we are right now. Yeah, the, Demo the Democratic Party, you know, they run on a lot of performative things. Like, I can't name an institution more performative than the Democratic Party because truly they tout all these great candidates and all these people fighting for justice and equal rights. But then like, all of a sudden, once the campaign stops, it's like they're like all like they don't know what to do, and they're just kind of like there. And the people call them out on it, and they're like, "Well, it's progressives that are messing us up." Okay, like, and that's not a direct quote, but like, um, you know, there has to be consistent messaging. You know, you can't present this rosy picture of the Democratic Party and the people you want to run as these people who will be like essentially fight the corruption and fight for justice um when you know once they get to office they're not that or the people who actually are like that you're not actually putting your support behind them aka like young house progressives who have pretty much been shunned by any and all senior democratic leadership even though they're the ones who are most effectively energizing young people who the democrats so desperately want to reach encourage all listeners except for maybe our Irish followers just because it doesn't apply to you as much but if you want to go for it crack open a history book learn the history learn your rights and you'll see part of where we're coming from understand what how our government was formed why it was formed and what you as a citizen have a right to you have a right to protest you have a right 
to question your government, look at your government, evaluate it, criticize it. Those are all things as an American citizen, we have the privilege and the right to do. And on top of that, those are rights that we don't want taken away. And that's why this stuff is so important. Because yeah, America is broken. I'm not gonna say that it isn't. But there are things about America that are good. And there's foundations that are important. And it's important that we continue to have those foundations and understand where they come from. So again, please, please, please take a look at a history textbook occasionally and understand why these things are important and why they matter. Couldn't say it better, Haley. Uh, you know, I say all this. Yeah, we are in a bad place. There's rampant misinformation. There's a huge pandemic. There's people who don't even believe the pandemic is real. And these are all, and what is it? Then we have dysfunctional, we have two major parties and both of which are dysfunctional is probably the nicest word I have for either of them. And we're not, no, we're not in a good place. I'm not going to pretend like we are in a good place, but I think Haley, Haley is right. There is a lot that is good about the United States of America, and there's a lot worth fighting for and protecting. So I guess, I guess this is my call to action. I, I seem to be giving lots of calls to action now, um, given everything. My call to action for both, this is for myself and for anyone who cares to follow along. Let's fight. Let's, let's fight, because if not me, if not you, Who's going to stand up? We are experiencing a few more technical issues, it seems, but I'm sure Gideon's call to action is going to be a very exciting whenever we hear it. I'm sure whatever his call to action is, is great. And I would encourage you to listen to his call to action. I think he's back. So let's, let's, let's hear this call to action, Gideon. Oh, I said already. I said, let's fight. Like, let's fight for better. Okay, cool. We we did, I don't know if it was just my computer or Alejandro had the problem too, but we just didn't hear you. Yes, thank you, Gideon, for that call to action. It's definitely very needed and it's something that I definitely want to hold myself accountable to. So with that lengthy discussion, we're gonna hand it over to Haley with sports. Oh, sports, they, they don't get as deep, but here we are anyway, telling you the important things about sports in Arizona today. So first off, I'd like to update everyone a little bit about my story from last week. For those of you who weren't listening, last week I talked about Arizona high schools and COVID, and as promised, here's a quick update on winter sports. On November 19th, yesterday is as of the date of this recording, the AIA postponed all high school winter sports until January 5th. They also are mostly not allowing fans, which if you've listened at all last week, you know I think is a good thing. If you want more information on that, you can head over to AZ Preps 365 and find a couple articles on the subject. Now moving on to today's story, once again, we're going to talk about ASU athletics because I'll let you in on a secret. Here on the panel, we're ASU students. So that's important to us. On November 19th, the Arizona Board of Regents approved a $115 million project approval from ASU to build a new multi-purpose arena. 
The arena will be home to ASU hockey, gymnastics, and wrestling, but can also be used for other East for other ASU sorry events such as esports events, concerts, and instructional clinics. For anyone that's been to Oceanside Arena, you would know that ASU hockey needs a little more space. Oceanside's total capacity is 747 people. I can't think of another professional or D1 sports facility that has that limited of a capacity. The new facility will sit roughly 5,000 people and have nine loges, 20 private suites, and two group suites according to the state press. The new facilities aren't yet to be named, but South Packer Drive is likely to be the location. Construction is due to start in January of 2021, with the goal of being finished by December of 2022, but we all know how construction goes. We'll see when it's actually finished. ASU is fully responsible for all the funding of the new arena, but I don't think they're going to have too many problems there. With the building of all these new facilities, as well as undergoing previously this summer, a $15.4 million renovation to Sun Devil Soccer Stadium, ASU is showing its commitment to Sun Devil Athletics. Alejandro Gideon, any thoughts on a new arena? It's about time. Oh my goodness. I feel like this mentioning Oceanside, I think, warrants a very brief story. Um, and Haley knows this one because she's a part of it. Um, a year ago, during the begin toward the beginning of the hockey season, Haley, I, and another friend wanted to go down to the game because it's like free tickets. Why not? So we uh, we took an Uber down. We got dropped off. We waited in line, and the line was not moving for like were we there for like forty five minutes? Yeah, we were there for a while, and it was granted us not being the smartest people of all time at this moment. They were giving away free stuff as ASU likes to do. So like I. Like hockey, I would have been cool with just going to see a hockey game. But, like, let's be real. Most people online here were here for the free merchandise because that's the way I draw people to ASU hockey games. Yeah, it, it drew people that night because we did not get in. Um, we literally went like, oh, crap. And we went down to Tempe Marketplace and had dinner. That, <laughs> it was a fun night, but it's like, yeah, Oceanside needs more capacity because never have I been turned away from an ASU event before or since. Yeah. I, but yes, I'm very, I'm excited. Um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. You finish. Yeah, I said I'm excited about it. Yes. I'm just very excited about the news of the new arena. Yeah, I think it's good. I've been fortunate enough to be in Oceanside. Um, and I'm excited to see that we're getting new facilities, or we as ASU, I guess, in this situation. And I think it's good for wrestling and gymnastics as well, because they are located at, I was going to say Desert Financial Arena, but that's just not what that's called anymore. Um, the basketball stadium, it rechanged its name, I believe. I could be wrong. We'll, I'll, I'll double check that later. Um, they're like going through a whole weird process anyway, but I think it's good because there's a lot of events that are housed there. So it's, it's good that we're expanding our athletic field, village, whatever you want to call it. There's a bunch of names for what ASU athletic areas are called. Yeah, I've never been to Oceanside. I was going to go once with some friends. But then by the time I tried to get tickets, like it wouldn't load in the ASU app. So I just ended up going to the movies and seeing like a mediocre like Christmas movie, which was fine. It was like, you know, you're not all Christmas movies are great. It was heartwarming, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, um, 
definitely seems like the school <laughs> wants to make more of an investment in hockey to create more of a, I guess, a hockey presence. I mean, they are ranked and they're playing with Big Ten schools this year. So they definitely want to make sure that the school, you know, in a very unusual way, um, I guess, becomes somewhat of a powerhouse in athletics or not athletics, excuse me, in hockey. You know, it's, it definitely would be a very interesting day if ASU were to make the Frozen Four and win it. And it's like ASU wins Frozen Four. Like, out of ever, all schools, the school from freaking triple degree heat summers, Arizona wins the hockey tournament. Like, that would just be really crazy. Uh, or not crazy. Um, it'd just be very unusual. Um, and I'm, I'm, I mean, we can, you know, whatever with money allocation, whatever. But I think it does open up a good opportunity for, I had no idea that they changed the name of the arena again. I mean, they really need to get it together. Um, I'm joking, but. Um, right on that, but like, they, they, we'll see. They yeah. do a different thing. I think it, it, it does do a good thing and it allows the arena to be the premier place of purely basketball. Not that I would be against other events being held there, but I think, and what? Volleyball is still going to Oh, play. yeah, and volleyball. But it kind of just allows them to have that facility, like, full-time because, like, it kind of creates – definitely will help create more of a basketball culture because it's definitely wild when you compare our school. I mean, not that our athletics are nothing to sneeze at, but when you look at the size of our, like, our football stadium and our arena for basketball compared to other um, colleges, it's, like, wildly, wildly, wildly smaller. Like when you look at the SEC schools, those are bona fide NFL stadiums. And when you look at, you know, places like um, other powerhouse basketball schools, their arenas are like way bigger. Um, so, but I mean, it's fine. It's kind of like creates like a more like smaller setting. So it's like, you definitely are like a lot, you feel a lot closer to the game for sure. Um, and yeah, I'm rooting more specifically for, ASU women's basketball this year. They're unranked, but they've gone on ranked these past couple seasons and then gone on to being ranked. So we'll see where that goes. And more importantly, I hope all the athletes are able to stay safe this season. Yes, athletes stay safe. People stay safe. Everyone's safety. That, that's our hope on the panel today. Um, and with the little bit of time we have left, I want to check in with you guys because we occasionally talk about mental health here. How are you guys doing? I, I want to know. You know, that's a good question, Haley. I'm glad you asked. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm hanging in there. No, really. Um, it's been up and it's been down the past few weeks. The fact is things are coming to an end at school, and that means a lot of work. There's a lot of things I have to take care of. Trying balance it all and not lose it so i'm doing okay and happy to hear that alejandro yeah i'll definitely admit i definitely have been struggling a little bit but you know i'm just trying to get through the semester as best as i can and over winter break i just need to you know recharge and you know just kind of take a good outlook um next the next semester because um yeah um i think it's good to like normalize kind of like struggling in college um because it's just like part of life and also i think 
I often forget, you know, I'm, I'm so young as along with the rest of the panel, like we're all so young and, you know, we still have so much life ahead of us. Um, and, you know, it's like, it's normal to struggle. Like, we're like, I don't, I don't remember getting if you're 20 or 21, um, but um, you're a little older than I'm us. I'm 20. Okay, 20. You're, I think you're about a year older than us, but um, we're still so young. And it's like, I, I know a lot of society kind of makes us, um, kind of make us feel like we're not successful if we're doing something by a certain age. But like truly we are so young. We sh like if we don't, if we don't have a job at this publication or, um, or like in Gideon's case, you know, some cool public policy job, like we shouldn't get down on ourselves because we literally have so much life to live. For sure, life's a grind and I encourage you all to hop on that train and reach for your goals and strive to do what you wanna do. But I also encourage you to check in with your mental health every once in a while, make sure you're doing all right and emphasize the things that are important. So Alejandro said, we're all pretty young here. We need to be thankful for the lives we have every day. Again, as we mentioned earlier, there's people dying to this deadly virus. So uh, live in the moment, live in the present and be grateful for what you have. This week, that's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be doing what I love doing every night or every Friday night. Let me reiterate that with these people. I'm grateful to just be living in the now. Yeah, Haley, I couldn't say it better. Um, but, but I'm I, on a similar theme. I'm just really grateful for all my friends, including, yes, the panel. Like, I've been really appreciating my friends this week, really, yes. So I appreciate all my friends who have been there for me through ups and downs, through crazy and everything. That's what I'm really thankful for this week, my good friends. I think we'll continue to the theme of friendship. Um, and also very grateful for my friends. Um, I don't know if anyone on the panel listens to Fiona Apple, um, but there's, I don't know if I've already told this on the panel or not, but I'll repeat it. Um, like she said, in the, I think it was an interview with Emily Nussbaum. She said, like, we should be like marrying our friends. And I totally agree with that. Like, you know, not necessarily physically marrying your friends, but I think, you know, we should really make friendships a lot more deeper than just like seeing each other at certain occasions or certain places. Like these are the people, you know, like you, build bonds and relationships with. So like deepen that bond in that relationship to where like, you know that you can rely on each other. Um, because at the end of the day, it's like, we're all we have. You know, we talk, you know, we talk a lot about government on the show and we stress ourselves out and go, you know, just feel like everything in the world is going bad. But at the end of the day, it's like, we all only have ourselves. So yeah, grateful for friends because when one person falls down, you got to pick them up. As always, thank you for listening. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you being here. We are on. Oh, um, I was just trying to derail Haley momentarily. So I say uh, before I let her end the show. One last thing I do want to say, I do want to end the show on this note. Uh, related to something Alejandro just said. No one is coming to save us. We're the only ones we have. So press into each other. Um, 
that is something I said in my public policy class, and I'm going to repeat here. So that's it for me. Hey. Uh, all right. Well, yes. Happy, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I was going to get there in the end, but I'll say it here now. Yes, we again to reiterate, we will not be. We will be on air on Blaze next week, if I'm not mis mistaken. Um, we don't know. We I, I never know what I'm doing at the end of these things. We're on Blaze at 5.30 every Friday and we'll be over break as well, likely. Again, don't quote me on that. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at review underscore squared. I think I got it right for once in my life. And uh, lots of lessons in today's episode. Lots of things to take into account and to think about. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out or talk to any of us. And once again, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it more than you know. The song at the start of the episode is dedicated to the press by Betty Davis, and the music you hear is by Springtide.